When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to TheVolQuest.com's Trail Tidbits. I am Eric Kane alongside Matt Ray. Hope you and yours are having a happy holiday weekend. And, of course, getting ready for Tennessee and Vanderbilt, Tennessee basketball, the Maui Invitational. Got loads over at VolQuest.com. But this is the time of the week where we take a look at Tennessee recruiting. Uh, high school football season's wrapping up. Semifinal rounds this weekend or this Friday in East Tennessee. Of course, state championship games are on the horizon. So let's turn our attentions to... Um, you know, what happened this past weekend, as we talked about a little bit, but also a big time commitment announcement expected tomorrow afternoon, Thanksgiving, a guy that tried to come up, had plans to come up, didn't make it in Cam Michael, but Tennessee, Georgia, Colorado, uh, it feels like this one's coming down to the wire, Matt. Yeah, it does, Eric. Again, this is a guy that's approached this decision with kind of an old school attack. That's kind of really the way that he's attacked the entire recruiting process, and at this point, you know, I think at the time of this recording, I think Cam Michael is actively engaged in making a final decision. I spoke to him on Monday. Um, he wants to go to bed on Tuesday night, um, knowing a decision no later than, you know, about the time that this will be releasing on Wednesday. Um, because he wants to have about 24 hours of peace just to kind of sit back, catch his breath, and say, wow, this thing is, is over. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the holiday with my family and then announce it. Tomorrow afternoon, I, I would look, you know, sometime between two o'clock and four o'clock, you know, for Cam Michael to, to make an announcement. I think he'll probably do it in, in some form of a live fashion or with his family around. But this is a decision that he's not taking lightly. Um, and I think everybody's had him pegged for Georgia. Um, you know, but he's still continued to communicate with Tennessee, Colorado, still really swinging in this thing. And I think the interesting thing for Cam Michael will be does he tell a staff before he makes that decision? Or, or, you know, do they all go into it blind? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't tell a staff. But the way that he's kind of communicating still pretty equally with everybody makes me think that once he does get to that point, when he if he goes to bed on Tuesday night or, you know, settles in around lunchtime on Wednesday with that final decision, that he and his family will take the time to, to call each school and, and let them know where they're heading. But right now Tennessee's continuing to be a player in this one. You know, obviously – Things that pointed towards Georgia having some momentum, and you know it would be silly to discount the dogs. But you know Colorado's in this as well. They're they all really want Cam Michael, a raw athlete um, with with a good long term projection. So we'll see where he goes. Um, you know on Thursday afternoon. Let's look back at the five official visitors from this past weekend. Yeah, Jordan Seaton, of course, Elias Williams, Roger Saliaponga, Kamari Copeland, and Brian Taylor. Let's start with the five star number one offensive tackle in the country of IMG Academy. Um, you know, watch the interview you guys had with him over there, talk with you about it on the Rocky Top Rewind, AP on the VolQuest podcast. But really, it seems like he had a great time here at Tennessee, continuing to build relationships with Heupel and obviously with Glenn Ellerby. And he was noncommittal there towards the end about who's kind of a leader or whatnot. But it feels like Tennessee is very, very much in this thing. And 
and have you know covered a whole lot of ground in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. Again, I think for Tennessee, they're they're starting to you know build a comfort level with Jordan Seaton. I think he's more comfortable around the staff and the conversations. He settled in with Glenn Ellerby, got to know him more. Um, he he knows several recruits here. Obviously, we we've talked about Boo Carter time and time again with Jordan Seaton, but those two continue to hit it off very well. Uh, and then Josh Heifel's been really big in this one for the boss. I think those two guys, I think Jordan Seaton and Josh Heifel, have related really well to this point. I think they, um, you know, have good conversations, not always so much about the recruiting process. So I think that's got Tennessee deep in this recruitment. Again, Eric, I, I think, you know, when you look at Jordan Seaton and you look at the schools that are still recruiting him, it's hard to, you know, place who – is that leader right now. But I do think Tennessee's in that top tier. Um, and I think the next couple of weeks for Jordan Seaton are going to be very interesting. Ohio State really wants to get him back to campus, but they're on the road this weekend um, at Michigan. So obviously that's not going to happen this weekend. Can they get him there in December? It seems like they have a shot to get him there. And if they do, then they become a real player, in my opinion, just like Tennessee was able to get him to campus you know, for the South Carolina game, that's where they became more of a player. Um, but ultimately, does Jordan Seaton make it anywhere over these next two weeks? Is an unofficial, you know, possible? Can, can he get back somewhere? Can he get on a, you know, to Columbus on an official visit like they want him to? I don't know. I mean, I think the December in-home visits that will start up there right after the SEC championship game are going to be so important to him. So, how tired of this, you know, kind of being out on the road, seeing schools and, and being in front of coaches and things like that, or, you know, how tired is his family? You know, they, they've, they've kind of been through the ringer this fall, and, and he's being pulled a lot of different directions. So I think it'll be interesting to see what Jordan Seaton does, but I think we've continued to say Tennessee's put its best foot forward. Um, you know, they continue to do everything they need to do, in my opinion, to be a long-term player for Jordan Seaton. And this one's going to go to signing day, I think. Um, he, he alluded to that. He even alluded that it may go past it if it has to. So it's a big decision for him and one that he's not taking lightly. But, you know, credit to Tennessee for another strong visit with the top offensive tackle in the country this weekend. But, again, he will be an early enrollee, correct? As far as I know, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I – Obviously, don't don't see it going past day one of National Signing Day, but um, he's going to be somewhere got, in January. So. Yeah, you've got that three-day window, so we'll see, I guess. Crazier things have happened. That is true. All right, let's move on to a defensive lineman that is currently committed to Missouri. Uh, Tennessee wants him. This is Tennessee's guy. Um, you know, in my understanding from talking with UNAP and other people, this is Tennessee's guy. Tennessee wants Elias Williams and had a chance to get him back on campus for his official visit this past weekend. How'd that go? Yeah, you know, Elias Williams is a guy that doesn't tip his hand a whole lot. He he doesn't say much. He doesn't. Feels like there's a lot of those guys in this class, Matt. Yeah, a ton. <laughs> he he doesn't get overly excited, so you you have a little bit of a harder time reading a guy like Elias Williams. And you know, there's sometimes like you know, with Mike Matthews, I would look back at that recruitment. Like Mike's not one that gets overly excited, but I was around Mike enough to be able to kind of dissect you know, some of the things that he said and, and get a better feel and, and continue to kind of progress in that recruitment. With Elias Wimsey, only had a chance to meet him briefly, you know, a couple of times, and then you continue to chat with him, um, you know, when he's not on campus. But he's a tough read. Um, we'll see where this one goes. Um, but it, it does feel like he had a really good visit with Tennessee this weekend. 
you know, I think they answered all of his questions. There were certain things that he wanted to see academically. That was a big, you know, thing for him coming into the visit. I think when you look at it, I think he he wants to find out more about the potential fit along the defensive line, and Tennessee was able to show him that. You know, obviously, I don't think he expected Tennessee to beat Georgia, but he wanted to continue to see how they rotate those defensive linemen, how multiple they are, how they use guys like Tyler Barron, you know, along the front. For Elias Williams, that's kind of, to me, how he projects. Now, he's got room to add more to his frame than Barron does. He's deceivingly – he's a he's a, a deceiving kid in terms of the weight – and yeah, look how skinny right he is. Look, 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 he he looks light right there, but you can he tell look, by his build that he can put a lot more on. He looks light right there, but he kind of reminds you of a, of a Tyler Barron or a Ty, Tyree Weathers. Not Tyree Weathers, but uh, yeah, Tyree Weathers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it'd be Tyree Weathers be Wes is thicker, yeah. but Weathers yeah, be uh, is that. Ty, Tyree Weathers be. They're, they're deceivingly big, you know, because there's so much length. And that's one of the things with Elias Williams is that, you know, he is he's he's deceiving. There's not a lot of guys like him walking around and he's just starting to scratch some of the surface of what he can do in Tennessee. This is you're right, this is the guy for Tennessee in this cycle along the defensive line. Now obviously they had the other, you know, two JUCOs in as they continue to evaluate them or just continue to have some conversation with Amaris Williams, the Florida commitment, but it feels like that one's still pretty far down the list right now. So, I mean, this, Elias Williams is, is the guy for Tennessee, and I think they had a good visit by all accounts this weekend. All right, let's go to the tight end position and a guy that, you know, AP's just raved about, um, j- just the way he looks, how he's put on some muscle, saying that last time he was here is about about buck 90. Now he's at, like, 223. It's a yeah. position of need. You got one committed guy, Jonathan Eccles, in the class already. You need another tight end. You're going to get one from the transfer portal, and that is tight end Roger Saliaponga. Of course, Oregon is very much in this one. Some other schools, but uh, you guys had a chance to catch up with him for his OV at Tennessee. Yeah, you know, I think starting right there where you where you mentioned with AP, I think Roger told us when we spoke to him that he was around uh, 200 when he came out here the first time. After digging into that a little bit more, it was closer to like that one. 195, 190, 195 range. He's, you know, measuring a solid 223 this weekend. Looks like a different kid. Um, you know, Sorry I to butt think, in here, but your your finger's in the shot. I want you to see your finger is in the shot of this video right here. That yeah, may be a- my finger. That might be AP's. We never know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to say at this point. Just continue de- on. I was being de- sure. Go ahead. It's definitely my finger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh no um with with roger you know I, I was interested in this one coming in because the more you kind of talk to people it felt like tennessee's been laying in the weeds in that recruitment for a little bit they've had good dialogue with the family they played the long game but it's felt like oregon's had the bulk of the momentum there um you know i think coming out of this weekend he kind of alluded to the fact he probably won't make it to auburn this weekend um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with that visit. But I think Tennessee gave Roger Shelley upon a plenty to think about. Um, and I think this was – I think now he truly has to go down, you know, go home and sit down and, and make a decision between Tennessee and Oregon, you know, as this thing plays out, heading into what he wants to, you know, decide on December 1st. So I think this weekend he saw that Tennessee needs a pass-catching option at the tight end. You know, 
he sees how he can be the guy that helps them take another step offensively in terms of what he can do as a pass catcher with the ball in his hands. I think he had a good time around Nico Iamaliava. He was around Ethan Davis, who was one of his player hosts. He spent a lot of time with Keenan Peely. So I think that was really good for him this weekend to be around those guys. Obviously, Davis and Nico are the guys that you're building toward in the future. And I think those guys are perfect for Tennessee to have him around to sell him on coming here and continuing to be a part of what they want to be as an offense moving forward. So this weekend for Tennessee with Roger Shawley upon went about as well as it could have. All right, next up, two junior college defensive linemen that made their OVs at Tennessee, Brian Taylor and Mari Copeland. Let's start with Brian Taylor. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it feels like reading between the weeds and, and you know listening to people like you guys, this one would be more of a longer shot than Copeland, Alabama, a lot of interest, some, some other high-level teams. But you know, Brian Taylor's a, a good-looking guy that, that Tennessee liked this weekend. Yeah, Tennessee liked Brian Taylor this weekend. I think the visit went pretty well. I think he, I think he enjoyed what he saw. Coming off of Georgia official visit, so he had a couple of chances to see those, you know, the Bulldogs back to back. But, um, you know, I think for Brian Taylor, there's just still a little ways to go in this recruitment. Um, he's going to see Florida potentially twice. Texas A&M's entered the picture. You know, when do they make a hire and what does that look like and how appealing is that to a kid that's originally from Houston? You know, and then he's supposed to see UCF at another point. He's got a pretty busy calendar leading into, you know, trying to make a December decision that will most likely come around signing day. And then he's going to take coaches, you know, coaches are going to visit him and his family in home. But I think by all accounts, the visit went well. Family was here with him. They were able to enjoy the weekend too. And, and he said that he saw that Tennessee has everything that he needs. Um, you know, but I think ultimately at the same time, there, there's other programs that he feels the same way about right now. So he's got a lot to – He's got a lot to work through in his recruiting process. As it's still, I'm not going to say new, but newer as his interest surged later in the fall as that JUCO film started to, you know, make its rounds. Um, but, you know, I think for him, it was good for him to get out here. I think he's built a bomb with the Tennessee staff. They're going to be a team that he considers all the way to the finish line. I think Brent mentioned it best with both of these JUCO guys. Where does Tennessee go on the JUCO, you know, along the defensive line if a bulk of these guys that have the option to return for their COVID year come back? You know, that's why, to me, Elias Williams is more of the priority is because he has four years of eligibility remaining, right? You can take him, you can develop him, you can work him into the rotation, whereas with these JUCO guys, you know, they're more of a plug-and-play and how does that work out if you don't have a place to necessarily plug and play them right away? What about Kamari Copeland? We talked about Brian Taylor a little bit. Um, you know, how was uh, from looking at him in terms of you know what Tennessee checked in and with him as well? Brian Taylor again, as I mentioned, probably the longer shot. What, tell me about Kamari Copeland. Yeah, I think for Copeland this weekend went well. I think he's a guy that Tennessee's going to continue to keep tabs on. We'll see how hard they push there. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. Kind of measures in around you know that Tyree West type frame. More compact, more try to get up the field and, and make plays as a pass rusher. But I don't, I don't think that's the end all be all. I just think for Copeland again, 
where does he go? Where does he visit? He's got an Arkansas visit left on the calendar, threw around that he might go visit Virginia Tech, which that's the home state school. We could see them right at the end of the month before signing day. Um, you know, he plans to have multiple conversations with the other coaches. I just think things are still o- very open-ended for him. So here after Thanksgiving, it feels like things will have to condense somewhat for those guys. But Tennessee, um, I think, showed Kamari Copeland all that he needed to see as well. Um, we'll see how much they continue to push their moving forward um, in that recruitment. All right, let's look at the class of 2025. couple of five stars on campus, much like we started this conversation a moment ago with Jordan Seaton. Let's go to David Sanders. David Sanders, seen in Tennessee, yeah. and had a lot of great things to say leaving Neyland Stadium. This is one that everybody in the country is going to be after. And so it, it's good that he was here, good that he had a lot of things to say, but you're going to have to stay on this one for you know the, the next calendar year. Yeah, absolutely. I think for David Sanders, one of the most surprising things for me coming out of the visit, he, he was overall very happy with how the visit went. He was he was impressed. He was really singing Tennessee's praises. But I think it was more so we've heard for a little bit that Tennessee's been in this one. But with those big-time recruitments, how much is a school actually in it, right? Um, you, you, hear mur- you, you hear rumors and you hear, you know, mumblings and things like that. But how much is a school actually in it? But as David Sanders, you know, left town, one of the things that he told us was that on the communication side right now, Tennessee was probably doing better than anyone. Uh, so the Vols feel like, you know, they've got a shot, and it feels like he's taking them very seriously at this point. It's good for him to be around George McIntyre, to be around other 2025 prospects. Um, and, and he's connected very well with Glenn Ellerby, Kevin Pendleton, Micah James, all the guys in that offensive line, you know, coaching room over there. I think he's done a really good job of building a bond with them. And Tennessee has kind of started to, to make some progress with David Sanders. We'll see what happens for him. I think he'll take a, a week or two away from the recruiting process. And then I think he's a pretty, you know, detail-oriented guy. He's seen a bunch of schools this fall. He may go home and cut his list down and start trying to process what's next for him. You'll have junior days and then, you know, official visits that, that can start up in the spring and leading into the summer for David Sanders. Five-star cornerback Naeem Offord came up to Tennessee and uh, another highly touted prospect that had a lot of good things to say about the Volunteers and one, again, just like with all these guys, try to get them back for as much as they want. We'll talk about Jordan McIntyre here in a moment. You know, GMAC doesn't think he's going to do junior days because he's been there, done that, and he wants to go ahead and commit at some point in time. You know, a guy like Offord, I feel like you're really going to have to try to get back on campus several times over the next year. Yeah, you know, and I think for Tennessee, they've quietly been able to get him to campus. You know, they they got him to campus in June. He came up and, and hung around the staff, watched a camp. I just enjoyed some time being there. It was here in the spring. Back again for the Georgia game was a late addition to that action-packed, you know, visitors list. But I think he's a guy that doesn't say much, doesn't really enjoy the interview piece of the recruiting process, doesn't care about the headlines, really cares about playing ball, which to me, I I love that. You know, just just go play ball and just go lock somebody down. But uh, I think for him, there were a couple of things for me that stood out um, when speaking to him. One, he reiterated that he saw that Tennessee's message has been true. They need defensive backs like him. They they need longer defensive backs that can run in coverage and, and, you know, have really good ball skills and make plays down the field against these longer physical receivers that we see in the SEC nowadays. And then for 
Um, the second piece of that, I thought it was very interesting, and, and you know, maybe it was an oversight, but as he named off the list of schools that were recruiting him the hardest, he included Tennessee in there. He did not include the home state program in Alabama. Now, obviously, they have the benefit of turning up the heat on the in-state kids and, you know, seemingly winning out when they need to. Um, they, they've been able to do that historically, but I, I still don't right now that was pretty interesting, you know, to hear Naeem offered leave Alabama off of the schools recruiting him the hardest. Again, could have been an oversight, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and, and again, I noticed um, – Yeah, I was thinking whenever you were talking, I was like, man, this is great, but, you know, out – Birmingham, Alabama's right there. Yeah. You know, they can easily, even if they're not, even if it wasn't an oversight, even if Alabama's not one of the top schools right now, Alabama can swoop in and say, yep. hey, I'm Alabama. And it'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that'll obviously be one to, uh, to to watch as well. Another five-star, a lot of five-stars on campus this weekend. Class of 2025 wide receiver Caleb Cunningham um, from Mississippi. While, while Offord probably seems like more of a long shot, I think Tennessee and Caleb Cunningham have really hit it off. I think he really likes the direction that you know Tennessee's telling him that they continue wanting to see the offense go back to more of that vertical passing attack. I think it was good for him to be around George McIntyre this weekend. Those two have been around each other a pretty decent amount. They like each other. They you know have talked about the idea of playing together. Um, and I think Caleb Cunningham has felt like a priority to Tennessee early on in this recruitment. He raved about Kelsey Pope. He waved, he raved about the way that they recruited him, the way they're communicating with him daily um, as they can. So I think at this point, you know, one of the guys that I wasn't sure how to feel about coming into the visit was Caleb Cunningham because, again, nobody's really talked to him that much. But he comes in. He loved the atmosphere. Obviously not the result Tennessee wanted. We've said that a lot this week. But I, I think, again, Tennessee made an impact with several big-time recruits this past weekend, including Caleb Cunningham. And then let's finish off this weekend's edition of Trail Tidbits by taking a look at the quarterback targets. Obviously, uh, you guys caught up with him. We've been playing that interview over at VolQuest.com all week long. George McIntyre, about the 17th time he's been up here and you know watching his interview it's great to be back up here. Uh, you know, great to see Tennessee. The loss wasn't the end of the world because he literally said everybody loses to Georgia. Um, and you know, he's he's been about everywhere he wants to as many times as he wants. And of course, you know, I'm sure he'll take some more trips. But point being, it feels like George McIntyre, first of you know next year's, it feels like that's when he's going to be making this call. Yeah, it does. It continues to feel like he's working towards a decision. I think George McIntyre was exhausted after his junior season at Brentwood, um, just, you know, obviously not pleased with with the outcome, the way that things went um, this fall. He is the ultimate competitor, um, you know, so I think for him, he's going to he, – he's continuing to take a little bit of a break. Um, he took this visit to Tennessee this weekend. He'll be at LSU this upcoming weekend um, to see their final game. So he, he will have seen Tennessee – two times at Neyland Stadium, and he was in attendance, you know, bought a ticket and came out to Nissan Stadium and watched them play Virginia. So he was in Tennessee three times together, all together, Alabama twice. And then he'll, if he, you know, goes back to LSU this weekend, he'll have had a chance to see them twice. Um, so those three schools are the teams that appear to be at the top of that recruitment for George McIntyre. And it feels like he is going to push more towards making a decision sometime 
in the winter here, January, February. We'll see when that may be. Um, but he, he he's catching his breath. He, he's pretty tired. He'll get back out on the basketball court. And then, obviously, once things open back up and, and coaches can get back out on the road and go through schools, he'll have, you know, coaches coming through schools and, and checking on him and, and everything like that. So, I think it, the as AP says, and he says it best, at some point soon the rubber's going to meet the road. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens for George McIntyre. But I think Tennessee has continued to impress. I think this visit went well. I think it was personable. I think he – you know, had a really good time in Knoxville. He doesn't tip his hand a lot either. He, he knows how to say things without saying them. Um, but I think this weekend, again, I said this on Rocky Top Rewind, he was very social. He was interactive with other recruits. Um, I think those around him, you know, enjoyed seeing him like that this weekend. I think they enjoyed seeing the caliber of offensive linemen that were at Tennessee. I mean, obviously you have Jordan Seaton, the number one offensive tackle in 24. David Sanders, the number one offensive tackle in 25. Josh Petty, a you know top five offensive line prospect in 2025. Juan Gaston, who may be the most physically impressive out of all of them in terms of just the, the sheer size and, and massive frame and a and top 10 tackle in the 2025 class. It was just – I think that was big for Tennessee. And then, you again, you have guys like Caleb Cunningham there to be a ready. You have Philip Bell from Mission of Viejo, a top 75 prospect in the 2025 class. It's a big-time pass catcher. So I think all of those things worked in Tennessee's favor this weekend with George McIntyre. And then out the door here, of course, not not many uh, expected to be in this weekend for Vanderbilt holiday weekend and whatnot. But moving through the, the month of December, we talk about how that month is so challenging because you're preparing for a bowl game, finishing classes, you know, doing practice, trying to finish up your 2024 class transfer portal window is open and oh yeah you got to be recruiting these guys back on your roster and then COVID seniors deciding if they want to go or come back so with all that happening kind of set the, the timeline here for the, the the schedule um and you know coaches will uh coach Vanderbilt game they'll hit the road for the next week and then um you know those uh the, those in-home visits will happen and then of course the the transfer portal visits will be happening uh the couple weekends uh, before Christmas. Yeah, you know, so now that that window for in-home visits has pushed back until after the SEC championship game, um, you know, which is probably the right move. I know the Georgias and Alabamas and the Ohio States and Michigans that are in those games routinely feel like it's the right move because they feel like they're losing a week, you know, yeah. on the recruiting trail. But, you know, Tennessee coaches will be out on the road. Those in-home visits will start, and you'll see them get out to, to see commits and priorities and, you know, just remind – guys how much they need them and, and start preparing towards, you know, the signing period and then trying to close out those final recruitments here and put a bow on this 2024 class. But you also have to do that, you know, in terms of – you also have to do that with, you know, balancing the transfer portal, seeing who goes into the transfer portal, how does all this work. It's a shorter window this time around. Um, you know, the, the month of December is, is as hectic as it gets on the calendar right now for, for college coaches. Yeah, and again, I said it. Uh, I said in one of the interviews I did, or one of my podcasts earlier this week. I just people might disagree with me, but coaches don't get paid enough simply because the month of December is so so bad. But anyway, it's going to be a fun, a fun month of December leading up to signing day. We'll see how many of these guys elect to jump in the boat for the class of twenty twenty four, and then of course, it's always exciting the month of January, the month of March uh, for those twenty fives, and then of course, you know, getting them back on campus for the 
Rocky Tapapalooza and all that fun stuff in the summer. So recruiting, uh, you know, even though the class of 24 and signing day is coming up, you're about to hit that sweet spot in the year where it's it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And of course, uh, awesome prize. Matt Ray will have it all right here at VolQuest.com. And we have all the coverage leading up to Tennessee and Vanderbilt, Tennessee basketball and the Maui Invitational, all that and more. It's at VolQuest.com. Appreciate you guys for listening and watching us here on the Trail Tidbits.